I definitely encourage anyone that wants to step into the entrepreneurship world, listen to your mentors, or uh, surround yourself with those that actually have been through it and have seen ups and downs that have uh, have have gone through uh, you know really good stuff and have gone through a really bad stuff that actually lost money. And those are the people that will tell you that the honest um, way or the honest path to, to your success or to whatever you want to get to. This is the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. We're out here exploring the different ways to make money, become better at business, and get you motivated to kick ass. Remember, we want you to entrepreneur. Now, let's get down to business in three, two, one. All right, entrepreneurs, welcome. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Sean. And I'm Matt. And today we have episode four. So this is our first interview. Uh, with an entrepreneur. Matt, why don't you tell me a little bit about what we're doing today? Well, I'm really excited. Today, we have my buddy, Ferris. Uh, we are in a similar business space, and our interview today is all about pulling back the curtain nice. on a successful entrepreneur that we feel has had a lot of success going from A to B, from just getting started in business from the corporate world, to becoming a entrepreneur that owns several businesses. So, Ferris, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you, Matt and Doing Sean? Well. well, first and foremost, uh, thank you guys for having me here. And congratulations on your new podcast. And I'm really happy that I'm the first one on this podcast. So you can always look back and say, how horrible was that first interview, right? Well, it sounds like it's going to go great so far. <laughs> well, we appreciate the vote of confidence. Definitely. <laughs> but let's, let's hit this out the park. Um, Ferris. We're really excited to have you on, mainly because we're in the same business space. We sell physical products online. Uh, I myself got started four years ago, but we want to interview you and to see how you got started. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that you, you've uh, uh, had some background in corporate. Uh, so how about you lead in from tell us how you got started and what you got going right now? Of course. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh... Well, I, I love that you called me Ferris. I actually associate myself with uh, Tim Ferris so much. I remember when I met him um, the very first time, I introduced myself to him as Ferris. And he was like, how do you spell your name? And I told him it's F-E-R-A-S. He's like, so it's Ferris. And I was like, yes. So my, 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 real, my real name is uh, Ferris. But I, I really appreciate it when people call me Ferris. It's a lot more easier. Um, you know, I started uh, back in 2000 and 2013 uh, when I was working at the bank and uh, my background is in corporate finance. I was a corporate finance analyst and um, we just newly or we just moved to uh, to Seattle, Washington, my wife and I from Jordan. And um, we always had this. Uh, in the back of our, our minds that we wanted to start a business. So in, in the midst of uh, 2013, we decided to launch our first business, which was actually a very funny uh, idea that we took from Shark Tank and we copied. And it was a uh, chocolate dipped pretzels, believe it or not. And we, uh, 
we we went and took a quick class on how to temper, how to do chocolate tempering, and how to um, you know dip the chocolate in the pretzels and what type of chocolate. And we spent some of the money that we had on uh, imported chocolate from France, and we started dipping some pretzels in the chocolates and sell them on uh, a farmers market. And we only made enough money to pay for the booth and maybe have a lunch uh, after we, we were done. And we would go home and think, okay, well, this is not really scalable at this point. So uh, what can we do? And then we decided that, uh, I remember Rita told me, you know, maybe we should go online with it because now instead of just going to the farmer's market and the Space Needle, we actually live right next to the Space, uh, Space Needle. And I, my thought was, if I can buy a cart, which I actually did, and uh, take it to the Space Needle, and if I sell only 20 units at $5, that's more than enough for me to just say, okay, I can scale that business and sell 40 units and 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 in in a day, but the problem is uh, you'd have to have permits. You'd have to have a lot of uh, the other stuff, and of course you have to have a commercial kitchen to do your chocolate dip pretzels. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we decided maybe the online route was the best thing. Uh, we put up the um, the website. I remember actually Rita spending a lot of the time online. Uh, trying to, we did not know anything about. Um, so you you, know, you you bootstrapped everything. Did yeah, you guys- it, it like it cost us nothing. It was probably like the entire investment cost us six seven thousand dollars, and that was a lot of money because we were just spending things, and we were thinking, okay, now we're just gonna bring all the money back. Right. And uh, we bought huge banners to put them on the farmers market, and then when we started the website. Um, of course, all of the uh, family and friend, we just had everyone and we told them, you guys need to buy our, um, and we called it actually, give me chocolate. <laughs> and uh, that was the name of the business. And we started seeing some people ordering and some people actually finding us on Yelp. And it was really cool. And we, like every time we hear the ching ching on uh, the, uh, the the website or on the phone when, it, when you connect it in CSL, it was so much rewarding. And uh, until we got hit with uh, um, the fact that chocolate does melt in the summer. <laughs> so I remember uh, one shipment that was going to North Carolina and uh, the order was uh, completely melted. It was a disaster. And uh, the one that ordered the chocolate was not very happy. And that was our first uh, uh, refund ever. And we were... We're like, okay, well, we know how to solve this. Let's just go buy ice packs. And there are like the extended ice pack stuff we found on Amazon. And uh, we bought them and they, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, they're already melted. So we knew that there was no room to expand. There was no room to, to do anything. We had nothing, no business in knowing what we were doing. With so that. this was the first uh, entrepreneurial venture that you guys wow. had tried? Yes, that was our first gig. That was our first uh, trial. And then I remember um, after we sat down, we looked at each other and we said, what can we do that will require less efforts from us and uh, work on something else that can, you know, like it can scale a little bit better. 
So I remember Rita told me, let's invent something that can be mass produced. But it was also that the idea of inventing something that could be mass produced. And I love that the, idea. It's so it's so broad. It leaves room for so many possibilities. Uh, yeah. And then we also had the, the idea in mind that we needed to not only invent, but also go to a patent office and patent that idea. Genius. Uh, he came up with the weirdest ideas. I remember, <laughs> and it's so funny, it is so funny until this day, I always say it. I made, you know, these uh, wire, um, the hangers that are made from, uh, from, uh, from wires, mm -hmm. not the plastic ones, the, the cheaper ones. Mm -hmm. I made a prototype of a razor to shave. I don't know if you can see me. I know the camera's on. To shave my back because I'm <laughs> grizzly and... There's a bunch of those products out now. I, I, I wanted to shave my back so bad. Uh, <laughs> I thought that this was a good idea. And I kid you not, just a couple of days ago, I see this commercial with this guy, yeah. uh, you know, shaving his back. And I told you, I see, you should have really listened to us when we first started. So, but yeah, also, so let, let me ask you, actually, that's a good contrast. Uh, your ideas when you first started kind of left to your own devices. I would say you didn't have a mentor per se kind of walking you through. What do you think were good ideas like you just said? And then what do you think are kind of no-nos? Like would you still go the route of wanting to mass produce something, go through the whole patenting process and compared to where you're at now? It's so funny that you ask this question now. Now that I have all the experiences that I've gone through the money that I lost throughout my years. And we'll get to that in a second. And um, I, I wouldn't have known, to be honest with you, what route I should have taken. I didn't know if I was supposed to create our own thing or to like, I didn't know what would have been the best option for us, right? Um, so going through the patent stuff, that's what we knew. We thought that if you um, want to start a physical product, you really need to protect it. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I educated myself on the provisional patent so much. And we talked to a lawyer and the lawyer told us, oh yeah, it's going to cost you uh, like $800 to just, uh, you know, the first round to submit a provisional patent. And it turned out that provisional patent isn't really a patent. It's yeah. just an application. We didn't know that. But, but you know, to us, it was like everything was new. Every, everything was just brand new. Amazon was just so, like the whole idea of Amazon was just not even existent. When, when I look at Amazon, we lived in Seattle, we, we lived right next to uh, the campuses of Amazon. And I look at them and I say, wow, it's, it's just a huge company, but you'd never think, oh, I actually could sell on Amazon. So I remember one day I was uh, packing my stuff from the commercial kitchen uh, when we decided to shut down the Gimme Chocolate. And I met two guys and, uh, and mind you, my English isn't uh, my first language. So there are a lot of, a lot of gaps that sometimes people have to fill. Or <laughs> I, I, there are so many things that I, I will say it this way. I continue to educate myself all the time. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I met these two guys and uh, they started talking to me. They saw all these pots and all these pans and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, we just had a, uh, you know, a, a, a chocolate business, we shut it down. And now we're looking into something else. And they're like, oh, why don't you do an e-commerce? And I laughed. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, uh, second of all, what do you sell on e-commerce? And they told me, oh, we, you know, we sell cell phones. 
and we uh, you know we sell stuff on eBay and and all of that good stuff on eBay, Amazon, all of that stuff. So I was like, I just never thought of it. So I went to home and I told Vera about it. And anyways, we go you know forward back to uh, thinking about uh, mass production. We we started looking at ideas. Like every time we write down and and again. We go to work from 8 a.m., come back sometimes at 7, and once we come home, we just start looking for ideas. What will work for us? We don't want this life. We're so sick of it. And, we, you know, especially every time we had a bad day with our managers or if you had a bad day with your colleagues, you come home and you say, I seriously need to quit. I really need to, to get out, so let's just sit down. And, you know, like it comes into spurs. Like, yeah. I, I want to get out. I want to I do this. I want to walk away from this job. How can we do it? We need to start a business. And uh, I remember one day I met this person in the bank and she told me, uh, that was like end of 2013, and she told me something about FBA. She didn't say what FBA meant. She <laughs> said, FBA, it's an Amazon business. I did not know what that meant. And I didn't understand that it is actually related to Amazon. I thought that you would go work with them and maybe... Uh, provide them with products and sell it to them. I didn't know what's going on. So I went home and I started uh, looking up all these, uh, uh, you know, doing all the research that I knew about what FBA meant. And I started catching, grasping the whole idea that you can actually sell products on Amazon. And uh, that was a blow in, in our heads, in our minds. And we were like, okay, well, we can do that. And uh, we decided to start um, with something I loved so much, and it was um, pet supplies. I love animals so much, and I decided that the next paycheck that comes to me, um, I will go ahead and put some money away and start looking for wholesalers and buy products and put them on Amazon. I still did not know a lot. I knew that you could find a product, find the manufacturer or find the owner of that product and ask them, can I bring your product and put it on Amazon and hope for the best that they can sign an agreement that you're the only one, like exclusive. Was was that retail arbitrage or, cause that's not private labeling, right? It was not retail arbitrage. I did go into the retail arbitrage. Uh, it was going into manufacturers in the US that, uh, regardless if they made their products into their own uh, facilities or if they made it in the in China. Uh, but I would be selling, I would buy it from them wholesale with their own brand mm -hmm. and put it on Amazon. So they were white labeling and mm -hmm. selling Amazon sellers. Okay. It sounds like at the time, what was more important was getting out of the corporate life, mainly the hustle, the nine to five, there was some motivation. It didn't quite matter what you guys were doing. It, it was the chocolate thing, and then it wasn't, and then it had to become something else. And so it was kind of just whatever. It became the wholesale, but it became something else also. Um, when did it kind of take a turn for the best? What was the turning point when you feel like everything changed? Um, the moment I started understanding what um, the process of buying a product from a wholesaler or from a company that owned products, the very first company that I reached out to, they sold uh, poop bags for uh, dogs. And I begged them for probably 
three days, excuse me, to like uh, buy their products and put it on Amazon and if they can give me a really good deal. And I remember the very first order I made was 108 units of their uh, poop bags and they priced it a little bit higher and they told me, see how it sells. And if it sells well, we come back and you can do a better uh, order and then we can reduce the price. I remember I put these products on Amazon and that was the turning point for us. I sold the very first product in March 18th of 2014. And after that, it started selling like 15 units, 20 units, 30 units. And I could not believe it. And I was telling my brother, dude, I'm making more than what I'm making at the bank. But I also did not understand or I didn't really look into, okay, let's dig deep into the cost of goods sold. And I also did not even use any of the PPC or any of that stuff. But that was when I started tasting actual rewards. From what, was, what was that feeling like? Because I remember, Matt, when you were telling me when your business was launching off, it was this mind-blowing thing. And you're seeing numbers come in based on your work and making a shift into the entrepreneurial life. But like, how awesome was that? It was, it was a very uh, – it was a surreal feeling because – I mean, now that you just mentioned how it felt, like I just got goosebumps all over me. <laughs> nice. And, uh, partially because it's kind of cold in the office too. But <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll play it on the awesomeness. Uh, but but uh, I I uh, it felt it felt I wasn't disbelief because I didn't believe that I'm actually seeing six thousand dollars in and like you know on the Amazon platform and I for some reason did not believe it first because I was like, okay, well, let's see how much really is going to come to my account. And, you know, like all of these things, like I just felt like I did not deserve it. And that is the best way I can describe it. I felt like um, it was so, it was so surreal that I felt like, is this really happening to me? Is this actually happening? I'm making $6,000 right now and it's not even the end of the month. And I remember calling my skeptical brother, which uh, he's a lot more skeptical than I am. And he told me, um, like he, he's also like uh, a very corporate structured type of person. And he told me like, no way, I don't believe you, like all that kinds of stuff. And it, like the feeling was just like when I saw the uh, money hit my account. I think the very first time when that uh, when the poop bags were uh, selling really good, <laughs> the the very uh, disbursement from Amazon was uh, probably eighty two hundred dollars, and that was my friend. The very first time my bank account was that high um, from like you know having an actual like you know the money is piling up, and I was so happy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was a really good feeling. It, it was it was just a disbelief uh, slash like, are we really? Did we really make it? Is it really happening? I love that um, story. I, th I think a lot of people who are just getting started can relate to having their very first win. It's almost necessary to have something, some form of success to keep building upon. 
at first. You got did you feel like your chocolate business before had some sort of wind to keep going upon or when it when it went forward, even if it even if you liquidated it, there was still some sort of like uh, lesson there that you could carry into Amazon and then Amazon was some sort of bigger win for you that allowed you to keep going in a bigger way. Is it kind of like that? Oh my goodness. I mean, um, yes, the biggest win for our uh, chocolate company was we actually did sell stuff and it like we found out that we were able to communicate with people and we were able to take their money to take our product. And that was a really good feeling. Uh, and we just did not know how uh, to market it. We did not know how to retarget. We didn't know how we didn't know how to do anything. And uh, like it was just it was very surprising to me. And uh, it, but it was a really good feeling. I remember actually one day because you know we were always tied to the farmers market, which happened once a week in in, in that area we were living in. And we didn't even have a car. We used to take the bus take all of this stuff and, uh, you know, just go to that farmer's market. And uh, I, I remember one day I went to a, uh, like a retirement home and I, they were like, you know, old people were sitting, grandmas and grandpas are sitting in the lobby and I pitched them my, um, you know, the, the, uh, the chocolate dip pretzels and they told me, oh yeah, make us like 35 and bring it to, um, to, to the party. And that was like a huge win for us. Like, are you serious? 35 units? Okay, that's awesome. So we, like the taste of, of winning, we did experience it with Gimme Chocolate, but we soon realized that we needed to either improve, change, or move on. And we went through the same process. We, we, we tried to improve it, didn't work. We tried to uh, change the process, it didn't work. And we, we ended up deciding to move on. And that was a really good decision that we made. I really, I really like what you're speaking about. And I want to like pause for a minute to kind of give a little value because there were two things that really stuck out for me. You, A, started from a regular job and then just had the entrepreneurial spirit, which I believe is just trying to figure out an idea to be able to provide a product, good, or service to somebody. And then how are you going to do that? Uh, and you know, you came up on the first stopgap, which was the chocolate melting. And then it was how do you pivot and how do you find something that works from the knowledge that you've already learned? Um, also, uh, one thing, too, is I've, I identify really with it is you mentioned that starting, right? You saw the $6,000 coming in on your Amazon account, but truly there are more factors attached to that. And if you could just briefly kind of go over a little bit of what that might mean, because someone might be like, oh, we're selling things, we're making money. And then really, if you look at the balance sheet and, you know, taxes and everything else and cost for marketing, your profit, which might be in your head when you first start is 20%, but in reality is like 2% when it's said and done. Is there anything you kind of like speak to on that? Of course. I mean, here's the thing. Um, the $6,000 where... It, I, I think when I first saw the uh, $6,000, I was just ecstatic. And I also, the, the entrepreneurial mind in me said, I'm just going to double that and I'm already making that much money. And the finance mind in me is saying, well, how much do you really own from that money? Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I honestly did not care because I had the job. I was still making the money. So I said, whatever is coming from this business, let's try to 
uh, work it out, make it happen. Uh, so, you know, we decided, I decided to go into like a, a Nick like the product, uh, a, a different product uh, besides the, uh, besides the, uh, the, uh, the uh, poop bags. And I thought like, if I could duplicate the sales, um, now I can start understanding I'm really actually making money. And I understand that I cannot really say that the $6,000 are your net profit. So you really need to do your math and uh, look at the, the, all the cost of goods sold and uh, say, okay, this is how much I'm making. How can I make it a little bit more? So do I go, um, and of course, I didn't know much about reviews. I didn't know much about uh, listings because I was just joining a listing and sharing a buy box. And when when I win the buy box, it's like heaven. So, <laughs> Wait, so that, that means that on Amazon, you list on the public marketplace the same item that everyone else has for sale and you just get some sales along with everyone else, right? Because you're kind of tagging along with the momentum. Yeah, we were, we, I was just fighting for prices. Like it was, because you had like some, at some point, some people like, and you would, you would try to like strike a good deal with the owner of that company and, uh, and say like, please let me be on this listing. For some reason, I just did not understand that I could have done, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second and why this happened to me. Um, I couldn't understand that I'm already spending over $6,000 to buy products from him when I could have gone and created my own products, the same exact product, and put it on Amazon and be my own listing. But I didn't know any of that. And that's, that's the jump from wholesale to private label. So that was the jump. What happened was I, uh, uh, it was uh, pushing um, Christmas, I think, or the Thanksgiving of 2013, uh, 2000, 2014. And I decided, um, I decided to do, I was listening to a lot of uh, YouTube videos and they said something about retail arbitrage. And I took myself and went to uh, Target and I bought so many um, you know, products from Target and I bought uh, stuff to sell and I met this guy who was following me around and I freaked out because there was a guy, you know how you, when uh, the retail arbitrage started, everyone's scanning their products, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I was doing it uh, throughout the store and I see this guy looking at me around and I'm like, oh my goodness, what the, what does he want from me? And then until he approached me and then we started talking and we became really good friends um, later on. And uh, he, you know, he taught me all of these skills. And one day he told me, we, we started going out. And that's when I first uh, started realizing I needed to start hanging out with the people that will benefit me. And I needed to uh, surround myself with those type of friends that actually know what I'm doing and that can give me any value or any tip that can actually change my life. So... One day we were sitting in a coffee shop in Seattle and he told me there's a guy and his name is uh, Ryan Daniel Moran. <laughs> and he told me he might be a little cheesy, but listen to his stuff. And I was like, okay, I, I will definitely listen to his stuff. And that moment uh, when I started listening to his podcast was the, uh, the Freedom Fastlane uh, podcast. 
it entirely changed my life. And that's when I started realizing I need people to really guide me to tell me where I should go. So like a mentor in a community? Yes, and would exactly. You, would you say that was like one of the biggest changes from you going from, let's just call it a entrepreneur to a full-blown entrepreneur? That was the moment when I realized that I have not tasted success until I started hearing the podcasts. Okay. And I have not realized that we are touching our potential in any way until I started, you know, opening my mind to the ideas that were coming from awesome. the Freedom Fastlane podcast. So, so uh, let's unpack this. When, uh, you know, listening to a podcast is one thing. What exactly do you feel that you listen to that really turned the, the switch for you? Was it somebody else's numbers that were like, wow, they do those numbers? Or like, Jesus guy does 200,000 a month. Like, if, just, if he can do it, I can. Or it, was it something like that? What was it? For me, it was something called the 10 day challenge. Um, at that time, uh, there was a, a challenge on the Freedom Fast Lane podcast uh, where Ryan walks you through uh, like a 10 day challenge of, first of all, think of an idea, which I already had, think of a product, uh, which I already had. And, and then he started uh, giving you the challenge of telling everyone around you that you will quit your job no. and that nice. you will stop your business. And that scared me so much because I went home and I wanted to tell Rita that I want to quit my job, but she always told me, let's, both quit our jobs. I am a very like I I I I used to, and I, I I will say this. I used to be very very risk averse, and I used to be very conservative when it comes to like taking risks. And Rita was just wanting to jump all over risk. And so, had you guys at this point, were you when you were doing the Amazon and then all of the other companies, were those side hustles for you, and you were still maintaining a regular job? Yes. Wow. It was, okay. It was absolutely side hustles it was uh it was absolutely um working at it like probably after 10 p.m staying up and for the most part i was just like i had so many spreadsheets to look at companies that i need to call and ask them to give me an exclusivity to sell their products on amazon i spent so much time doing that and of course they you know the the, the deals were nothing so that was that was where my my time being spent and that's why it was like a monumental change and a monumental um complete change for me when i started listening to the podcast because he's telling me you don't need to share a pie or you don't need to share a listing you can create your own and that freaked me out i was like how on the how in the world can you do that like really like i could have actually went and could have gone and bought uh, the pit bags or the, the 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 poop bags with a fraction of the money I used to pay for this guy, slab a label on it, and create my own listing. That was basically what I uh, uh, what what uh, changed when we started listening to the podcast. So I think it sounds like listening to the podcast was a realization of there is no barrier to entry for creating your own product. Whereas 
before listening to it, maybe you would think in your head, oh gosh, how could I ever create my own? I would have to source it, find a factory to do all these things that maybe you thought. And then some guy on a podcast says, no, just go to Alibaba and give them a logo, that kind of thing. Was it, was it that sort of thing? Just inspiration in a way. It was, it was. And you know what's so funny, Matt? Uh, you are, you can capitalize on your, like, how do I say it? I, I would say you're so limited to what your brain already knows and your brain will just take that information you already know. Let's say it's just like confined in one room. And if you open the door, your mind is going to start looking at this door and decide, okay, well, I want to see what's going on in this door. Is it more information or should I just go in circles within this room that I'm in? So um, I remember having that mentor that, uh, that I never knew um, and, and the information that he gave us, it was, it, was, uh, it was like literally adding more brain cells to our brains because we did not know any better. We, could, we did not know, like we didn't know where to get the information. And you can only get information from, like you can do it the smart way, which is finding a mentor or finding a coach, or you can do it the the cool way or whatever you want to call it, or the slow way by going and doing research and buying an actual textbook encyclopedia and go read. But I bet you they won't cover anything online. Um, and and it's, uh, it, it's so funny how just having some guy talking on a podcast and saying some new ideas and what are the potentials changed our life completely, changed the way we are going to work and coming home and what we're going to do. Remember, I was going home every night to look for suppliers that are in the U.S. that own a company that want to sell me their product so I can sell it for them on Amazon in a way. That completely, dis like I went home from that podcast and I literally deleted all of these sheets that I spent hours, countless hours. Like I would stay up until 3 a.m. in the morning looking for these contacts and trying to work a deal. And, and that's for companies that are here in the US. Um, but all of that disappeared once I had this nugget of information that you can actually create your own brand. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's funny how the mere mentioning of a possibility of something can stir up what was inaction before becomes action just because you know it's possible whereas before maybe you didn't know it's possible somebody tells you it's possible that's all it takes you know he says he has a challenge for you and it's actually similar to what we're doing here with digital entrepreneur we have a challenge where we take people through the same exact thing we template we modeled it after what he was doing actually because we appreciate that and it's the same exact template where people join the group it's always in our comment section on our podcasts and that's kind of like what we're doing is inspiring people through the idea that something is possible if you simply apply your effort towards it. Specifically for you, it was that you can private label an item, right? And for us, we're telling people you can do a lot of different things. You can start a podcast. We're over here, you know, recording our first interview, six month challenge. you know, six month challenge to try and get to a thousand subscribers for us. Um, oh, wow. And so it's, it's, it's funny how just knowing it's possible. If we achieve 1,000 subscribers, we reach out to enough people and get, get it done in a certain amount of time. 
people will know it's possible if we just say to them, oh, look, did you know you could start your own podcast and it's not that hard? Because people, some people might think it's impossible that you might need like a, a radio uh, talk license or something like that. Like so people have things in their head that, that they, they don't know. Um, and so I really like what you're talking about, that the mere mentioning of the possibility is what really flipped the switch for you, but also that they had a vehicle for you to actually use and do the challenge and work what was the possibility. And I want to add on to that too. You were also speaking about when you were doing your side hustle, um, something that we mentioned is anyone can achieve success by adding uh, one thing a day and spending two hours a day towards a project or a goal. And if you do one thing a day, moving that forward, something that's truly effective, you will achieve some success. And you were able to do that with uh, an intense regular job and then spent the time late nights, whether however many hours it was, and it got you to the point that you are now. And like Matt was saying, with the community, with the inspiration, uh, finding like-minded people, that's going to be the stepping stone that will transform you into a full-blown entrepreneur. And you went from where you were, where are you at now? Like, what what does the future look like for you? What's like your current success? Um, you know, do you have anything you kind of want to plug? Yeah, I actually, uh, it's so funny you ask, where are we now? Uh, I'm actually currently in Austin, Texas. Okay. Physically. Uh, uh, but uh, where are we now in terms of uh, personal life and business life? We are, uh, we own three businesses uh, right now. Um, wow. Two of which are Impressive. operating on Amazon. Um, and uh, one is, uh, you know, operating on uh, Shopify actually, and um, it's uh, you know we we've, we've uh, worked. Uh, Rita and I became partners on uh, Mint Pair is our main business. Uh, we partnered both. Uh, we 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 started with this business with the intent of launching on Amazon, but quickly getting out of Amazon and uh, building a brand. Uh, lucky for us that we built the entire business around Rita's experience and expertise. Uh, she's a master esthetician. She's a, a skin expert and a, uh, a, 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 a what is that called? The beauty artist. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. so, uh, yeah. so, to, so to clarify, you guys. Uh, launched on Amazon, but you had the intention of going and creating your own brand and only Amazon as a sales channel, not like a crux to your business. That was exactly how we were taught and we wanted to do that. Definitely. Mentfair is a really good example of, um, you know, persevering. We did not look for the instant gratification because we were able to um, kind of be very patient with things. It, look, you know, it's I, I, maybe I told you a lot of the good stuff, but there are always ups and downs. And I definitely, uh, I definitely encourage anyone that wants to step into the entrepreneurship world, listen to your mentors, or uh, surround yourself with those that actually have been through it and have seen ups and downs that have. Uh, have have gone through uh, you know really good stuff and have gone through a really bad stuff that actually lost money 
And those are the people that will tell you that the honest um, way or the honest path to, to your success or to whatever you want to get to. I, I remember a lot of the times I used to call actually Matt, Matthew Termolata, um, so many times we called each other and I, I talked to him and I asked him about, uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm struggling in this uh, area. What is your situation? How did you do it? And what should I do? And it's so funny, every single time I talk to Matt, of all the people I remember him um, associating his experience or relaying what happened to him in a similar experience, and telling me, this is what I don't want you to do, and this is what you should be doing. And it was really good. I, I, you know, I appreciated that we continue to do a lot of these calls to me and him. And awesome. uh, for those that don't know Matthew Termolata, by the way, he is the host uh, or the co-host. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, so guys. He's talking about this Matt here. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really great because Matt would always bring up the – you know, the, the, the struggle that happened and how he uh, figured it out and what I should be doing so I could either prevent the same mistake or, or avoid the same mistake or um, work around it. So I always tell people just, uh, you know, like if you see an, like an actual entrepreneurs, if, if you see them, uh, hang out with them and listen to them, they don't always say, oh, yeah, I just bought this. I'm, I'm so rich. Or I've done this. I've done that. They have so many things in their minds. They're operating. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and they, put on, they put up this great face of success. But you have no idea what the hell they've been going through. And, or heck. Um, oh, sorry. We keep it candid on this show. Yeah, no. I love it. Um, I but, love it. But, yeah, to, to kind of sum that up. Um, for new entrepreneurs, ultimately it's, you got to have the persistency, you got to have the passion and the ability just to ask the question on what problem is facing me? How do we solve this problem and how do we constantly move forward? And you do that by creating your idea, then vetting the idea, trying the idea all the time, figuring out your marketing and distribution, figuring out how to take next steps, how to always be learning new things to be trying to push things forward. There's techniques, there's theories, there's ideologies in how to do that. But ultimately, you just have to be that person who will not take no for an answer and take the hard knocks and take the successes. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you. And again, it's uh, it's not a hobby. No, <laughs> it's not, uh, what people sometimes say. It's a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's persistence, and it's a lot of work. But the rewards uh, is freedom. Immense. The freedom of you know spending for us the freedom was uh not having to put our son in a uh in a or not having to deal with a nanny that will or put him in a daycare where they they uh put him from 9 to 7 p.m because we were working at a corporate job we could not do that and we did not want to do that so you get time to spend with your family and do the things that you want to do of course i mean again it's it's uh, it's everything that you should be as a human, uh, you know, be doing. Like you have to have uh, very 
a balanced life in terms of what is it that you want from i mean life is short and we all know that mm-hmm. so enjoy it don't be a machine and don't like if if you have it in you and you need to become an entrepreneur then stop thinking and start uh for one listening to mentors and for two start doing that stuff because that's where the world is moving to it's either becoming a you know and everything is becoming decentralized the the idea of corporates is really not a solution and it will never be i i will i will say this it probably down in in the next 10 15 years i don't even know if there will be a, an actual corporate it probably will but the whole idea of a corporate structure or a security because of a job that will not really exist i always talk to my dad about that um and and uh, now it's just how you create your own wealth how you can value your own time and not trade it for the money. Awesome. I think one thing that you said there that's really good is that mentors go with action. And I actually believe that mentors are used best when you take action because mm-hmm. they kind of take away all the excuses at first. I feel like that's what that podcast did for you. We're hoping our podcast does that for a lot of people where it takes away a lot of the excuses that they had. And then as you take action on something, they'll provide further value because if you if you were sitting there questioning like oh gosh do i still order the product a mentor would kind of just be like well yes and that's the last answer they can give you until you order the product and start doing more and then you're like oh gosh it's on amazon now now what do i do and they can have another answer for you but it's like i I like how there's always someone that can be a step ahead of you so long as you're taking the step Mm -hmm. and i think anyone can use this specific podcast as motivation um you know, like Matt, like myself, like for us, uh, there's no excuses. Um, you know, he was able to do everything with a job and then you have to spend that time to be able to get yourself to where you want to go. Uh, and also with that, we're going to kind of plug our seven day challenge that we'll have on our Facebook group, uh, the digital entrepreneur. And that's just simply getting your mind state into, uh, the ability to be ready to move forward, you know, we, and you can go check that out, sign up, give it a test, and we'll give you uh, new content every day for that. But uh, Frost, do you also have something that you want to plug for the I listeners? Actually, I actually would like to join your uh, seven-day challenge. Dude, when I hear numbers of days and challenges, I just already want to go in and do it. All right. Nice. We'll have, all, we'll have links in the description for you guys to all check that out too. That's so cool, man. I, yeah, I really appreciate what you guys do. It's so funny, like, you know, finding the time to actually uh, put out this uh, content and give, give value for those that really want to do something. That's pretty awesome. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, I kind of want to do the same thing. I know I'm, I've started something uh, on the back, back burner. I put it for a while. But I'm, I'm starting to do it, which is um, something called the corporate quitters. Um, it's kind of the same thing. I, I like to uh, work with people that want to do the transition um, and, uh, you know, tell them, here's the thing. I'm not your motivational speaker. I will never be a motivational speaker. I don't think motivation can really help you that much because it ups your emotions so high. And then you walk away uh, and then you go back to what you used to do. But where you guys are doing, you walk the walk and you, you've done everything and you can actually tell them, here, I'm going to tell you, go from point A to point B. And that's not a motivation at this point. This is for you to actually do it because you want to do it. Definitely. Uh, I, I really appreciate that you guys are doing this. It's, 
been really a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, likewise. And I think that's a, a good point to wrap up the show. Um, again, all the links will be in the description. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us as well. We deeply appreciate it. Uh, you got any final thoughts, Matt? Oh, that's, that's good. I mean, uh, Ferris, we, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, we'd love to talk some tactics with you. Uh, uh, today was kind of a great infra- introduction, and uh, we appreciate the interview. All right, entrepreneurs, we'll be signing off. This is Sean. This is Matt. And Ferris, thanks for having you on, buddy. All right, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. For full recaps to this show or for more topics and resources on entrepreneurship and the economy, head on over to digital-entrepreneur.com. And remember, we want you to entrepreneur.